Alright everybody, this is Lou from the future. This is Jamie from the future. What have did you get aged somehow? I did. <laughs> anyway, um, just a brief intro to this this work of art you're about to hear. Um, so this was the first uh, Skype cast we recorded, the second one we're putting out. It was maybe the first week. It was. It all was. the shelter-in-place stuff. Yeah. So some of the stuff may seem, like, seem dated. Because it is. Because it, it is. <laughs> the biggest contrast... So I almost never edit things out of these episodes. Almost as a mercy, uh, because at this point it's sort of passe. A lot of the Tiger King audio yeah. was edited out or repurposed. Uh, so you're welcome there. Um, otherwise, same old things. Like, uh, audio is rough. Actually, not as rough as the other podcast yeah i think i thought it was fine it is what it is it is what it is but so yeah now we're um next one you hear is we'll call it back in studio yeah so all right cool enjoy enjoy we are oh, live no, it, does, it does now it says lou is yeah. recording your call because he's a stalker <laughs> It's, it's kind of subtle, actually. Like, you think it'd just be a big flashing, like, recording, recording. <laughs> I know, right? So, um, do you want to go first? What do you want to do? Well, let's do the intro here, all right? There's one thing I want to look up. I can't remember the name of the Debbie Harry book, because I was going to talk about uh, that. All right. Let me see the title. I think it's Face It. Mm-hmm. Face it. Okay, cool. All right, you ready? I am ready. Hey there, my plague ridden cats and kittens. Well. I suppose that's in poor taste. <laughs> Trash South Street Skype edition? Yeah. So this will be unusual because I cannot see levels while we're recording this call. We're doing this over Skype. So I will try to talk loud. So we're recording uh, through Skype or old person FaceTime, as I said <laughs> earlier today. Um, I think so, old it's harder than FaceTime. I was like, I don't know how to do this. The other thing is the audio records in mono and not stereo. Hmm. So that's why it might sound a little oogly. Oogly boogly. Oh, well. But anyway, we're here now. Yeah. So what's up? What have you been doing? Oh, you know, walking right up against people, licking <laughs> apricots, coughing on shit. <laughs> you know how it is. So I saw our last recording was March 14th. So yeah, that was... Um, A lot of stuff has happened. So yeah, Mar- I, I put a disclaimer. Uh, March 14th was the day after sort of lockdown was put yeah. in place for Montgomery County. And, and that was like a, the whole country is like under lockdown now. now like you're only yeah. supposed to go out for essentials, but I'm sure everyone knows that. By yeah. Now. So, yeah, that was a rare occurrence, March 14th. And even, yeah, it, it progressed. And now we're um, we're Skyping. We're Skyping. <laughs> and yeah, end of April is yeah. the new tentative. I saw and, Lou for like a sec last week. I bought him buttered lettuce at the yeah. Wegmans. And yeah. um, we kept our distance. I put the butter lettuce on one side of my Jeep so we didn't have to yep. be near each other. And then I... I, I, I slathered went, it with coronavirus before I gave it uh, to it, It's okay. I didn't need it. I just fucked it. <laughs> you know how hard it is to fuck a bag of lettuce? I I, I don't know. I wouldn't know. Uh, it's, it, you have to freeze it. <laughs> a little hot lettuce. Oh, shit. Something else, huh? Something else, although it hasn't really affected my life 
all that much, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, I mean, I Victor's out of school indefinitely, so that's been interesting, the whole online learning. Like, luckily, he's just in kindergarten, so hmm. it's not too much of a, like, you're not learning algebra in kindergarten. Yeah. But just trying to keep him busy, like, he's actually loving it because he just plays Roblox all day and, like, goes on YouTube. I actually made him go for a walk today. I was like, yeah. come on, we're getting out of the house. And he's like, oh, like, we just walk, like, a not even, like, pretty much a quarter mile. But uh, oh. that's been interesting. No, I work in a, an essential industry. So let me tell you about my, this is what my day's like. Get up, play video games. Oh, yeah, you sound like Victor. Maybe put on, actually, I do get dressed. I sort, I work, but I also play more video games while I'm working. Oh, that sounds like fun. Got it. Just gotta tap that that laptop every every ten fifteen minutes or so, so it doesn't go into sleep mode. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I, I I try to get a a schedule, or I would probably just drink myself silly every day of the week. I try to just get up uh, like certain day. If you need anything from Wegmans, let me know because I'm gonna go Monday morning. I go Wegman like grocery shopping is like stressful. Though I go to the Collegeville Wegmans and it opens at seven, so. The first time I went at seven, everyone's like lined up at the door. I had some lady like cut me off to get a cart. It's, and everyone's just like holed up in produce because it's the first section you enter. Last week, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get there at like 7.05. So everyone's cleared out. I don't have to deal with people standing around. And that seemed to work out pretty good. But it's still, I like write my list in order of how I know I'm going to travel through the store the, qui- the yeah. quickest. And yeah, it's just uh, crazy times, man. Shar Shar. Was that like Michael's or one of the Joanne craft Fabrics? I just read. Oh, oh, did you see this story? Yeah, this that's character. crazy. So yeah, so my um, Sharshar went to get to Joanne Fabrics to get supplies to make masks, and someone stole like elastic right out of her cart. Well, when I went grocery shopping, and I finally found toilet paper. I was afraid mm-hmm. to leave my cart in case someone took it out. Yeah, it was but it I that the toilet paper. I wasn't hoarding. I just was low. Was it, was it that sweet baby kitten toilet paper? <laughs> Yeah, that was- I actually so I, I was I was in Wegmans the other day and it was I think it was like royal brand toilet paper and right on the front is a like a Persian kitten <laughs> like and I actually started laughing out loud and could not stop. <laughs> well, it's soft on your pussy. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> it's so horrible. Like I suppose these little kids with shit in their fur and then, like when you try to flush them, that's not good. Could it clock your and you hear this? Yeah. I'm a two kitten wiper. Uh, I'm like a five. Ugh. Better go to the kitten doctor. <laughs> oh, I did. Uh, oh, I'm too funny. So, like, I imagine our simple stories are the same as most of the people in America. Yeah, pretty much. I, I don't really have anything I can think of that's that funny. So- this is another funny, not funny, but it's funny. Anytime you see a, a tweet about a celebrity. Yeah. You, like it's, oh, they died. And it's like complications of Corona. And there was one about, it, it was, I guess Kobe Bryant got post posthumously, posthumously elected to something. Yeah. to the whole I saw favorite. Kobe Bryant and for, had forgotten. I was like, oh my God, Kobe died of Corona. <laughs> no, he didn't. No, it's weird though. How how come there's so many celebrities that have it? Because everyone has it. Because celebrities probably, honestly, because they're around everybody. I don't know. It's part of that Epstein's uh, curse, <laughs> I think. Ah, uh, could be. Never know. But, but honestly, it's yeah, and probably because they're just around people all the time. Yeah, weird. And Epstein. 
You know what I watched a lot of, and I'm watching right now? Triple D, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. I think Bad I've, for you. It's going to make you dumb. I think I've watched a thousand hours of it. I did start Tiger King. I'm like, I just finished the third episode. I don't get America's obsession with it. Like, I like it, and I think it's interesting, mm-hmm. but I don't understand why everyone's, like, just is so intrigued. I, oh, I, I like- just don't get the obsession, like, with it. Like, it's very good, but everyone, I just kind of feel bad for everybody. I don't completely get the level of obsession either. It's very much the uh, Wild Wild West, or not Wild Wild, Wild Wild Country. And I think it also hit when everyone was sort of on uh, lockdown. But, but you know what's always on? Triple music. D. Well, yeah, it's, it's yeah, 24-7. This is my imitation of Guy Fieri. This is money! <laughs> <laughs> what Mark and I are doing when uh, the quarantine is over? Um, what? Going to a Guy Fieri restaurant. <laughs> you know. We're either going to go to the one in, I think, Chester, I think it's in. Or one of the, the casinos in the Chester, Ben Salem. And then there's one in Atlantic City. And we're like, we're totally going to a Guy Fieri restaurant. Oh, thank God that this flavor town. There's this quarantine's never going to be over. <laughs> now, really quick, my favorite episode of Diners, Drives, and then Dives mm-hmm. is he goes to a restaurant that's like vegan, and they all do like meat substitute. Mm-hmm. And he can barely fake liking like the the sandwich, <laughs> and it's so obvious, like he's ready to vomit. It's the only <laughs> time it's worked is how he has like some he doesn't like eggs, huh? You never saw that, that he doesn't like eggs? No, I never realized it. Oh, yeah. He does not like eggs, and he's pretty vocal about it sometimes. It reminds me of once Anthony Bourdain had to eat, like, the – he ate, like, the anus. Oh, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Of an animal in Africa, and it's, like, the same thing. And then my second favorite episode is when uh, his brother from another mother, Smash Mouth Guy, is on, and that's 100% true. I believe it. Been watching that and guys' grocery games. We watched Tournament of Champions. I really like Amanda Frytag. She's one of my favorite chefs. Uh, uh, yeah, I've been watching a lot of Food Network. Yeah, that that makes me sad. Well, that's the only th- thing one Mark wants to watch. So I don't know if guys like Guy Fieri is Food Network. That's like Fast Food Network. Yeah, pretty much. It's like if you were a Gorama. Uh, no, I don't blame it. I just <laughs> I cannot. He just stand doesn't want to watch news and stuff. So he's like, I can just kind of tune in and out of this and leave the room and come back and be entertained for like five yeah. minutes and leave the room. Oh, 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 uh, you know what you should watch? What? Pornography. <laughs> I've been doing that a lot too. Yeah. With, with like animals though. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, well that's, yeah, me too. I mean, that's kind of like, I'm, I'm creating, I'm writing my, my tiger penis fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess well, we should talk, get to some music. Let's talk about some sweet tunes. So you want to go first? You want me to? You got two? I have um, two, and I'm going to review a book, a reading book. Ooh. But so let me go first. How about that? Okay. That's fine. Whatever. Let's pull uh, whatevs. (laughs) Tiger King would have let that shit fly. (laughs) I know. Carol. And it's it's fucking – well, the worst is, like, the only thing I can't stomach about Tiger King is his one husband who has, like, a tooth. Oh, I like him. Really? Like, toothless? He's a nice guy, but every time he talks, he's like, oh, you're seeing my one chomper. See, I don't look at people like that, Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, a loving, gonna, caring person. Right, yeah, well, I got a little spoiler for you. It's going to shock you. What? Crystal meth. Anyway. Ah. I know, shocker, right? <laughs> Crystal meth is an apt segue, because I'm going to talk about Wasted Shirt. 
Yes. Wasted shirt. Which I think I reviewed fungus. You did? Thing. You did a single and then we were going to circle back or you were mm-hmm. going to circle back. Yeah, and I and, forgot about and, it. And then my brother had sent me this. I don't remember when, but like I was looking through. I kind of listened to it a couple of times and I was like, oh, this came out this year. Yeah. So Wasted Shirt came out the end of February. All Famous Class Records. And this is uh, Brian Chippendale mm-hmm. of, I believe, the believe his band is lightning bolt okay which is like a it's like a psych noise rock album i never listened to them i'm kind of gonna circle back their last album sonic uh, citadel had a song called husker don't oh that's kind of (laughs) cool so i was like "Ooh, nice and he's also one of philly's own oh i didn't know that either he's in some godforsaken suburb of philadelphia pa maybe montgomery county and then of course partnered with brian chippendale is Ty fucking Seagal, the man yep. who's going to save us from this epidemic. Mm-hmm. His, the, uh, the, the notes from his guitar. Yeah, his rocking. Well, this one might literally kill viruses. <laughs> I'm going to preface it by saying I really like this album, but I'm going to tell a story to illustrate what this album, how this album makes me feel. Mm-hmm. Many years ago, I used to make like, I used to make coffee from a pot. So I used to like mm-hmm. brew coffee in a pot and I like instead of like K cups and shit. Yeah, that's what I do. And I used to brew it for like people in my office, like every Friday. It was a little treat. And usually by like it'd be gone by lunch. One day, one Friday, I don't know, it might have been before a break or something. I had brewed this coffee at eight. It was like one PM. There was like basically a cup's worth left in the pot on the burner. Mm-hmm. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Not coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Staying away from you. <laughs> it's a computer virus <laughs> i was like waste not want not i'm gonna drink this coffee i poured myself a cup of coffee got myself some creamer poured it in coffee did not change color at all <laughs> it should have been a sign so i drank it and it tastes like scorched carbon <laughs> I, I shit you not my urine smelt strongly of your urine or yearn. Urine, my wee, my wee wees. Okay. Smelt like scorched carbon. I was buzzing around like a bee, and I thought I was going to have a heart attack. Did that you see night, the Tiger King around this co- this coffee? In a way, yes, the Tiger King brand coffee. The resultant reflux that night made me want to kill myself. <laughs> Which has never happened outside of running out of toilet paper in a bathroom. Um, that's what Wasted Shirt is like sonically. It is this relentless blast of dissonant noise that does not really let up through the entire album. And I mean that in the best possible way. Because I really dig this album, Jamie. I really dig it. Okay. Like every song you've heard where there's a beginning of the song before the song kicks in. Mm-hmm. This is like the beginnings of all those songs, and the song never kicks in. It reminded me just of the straight, like, psychedelic noise. Like, like noise That's, rock with, like, psychedelic, yeah, like, with, like, some is, garage mixed in. It opens with, like, a, bla- a scream and a blast of psychedelic noise, and all and is lost. It's just like a jam session of that, with, like, yeah, and it, weird lyrics. It, it, yeah, it is very psychedelic noise, heavy on the noise. I always go back to... That slate, that uh, Portlandia sketch, mm-hmm. where they're the um, 
they're in the the band, the preschool band, and they're just screaming yeah. and playing weird. Like, like that's kind of like what this is like. Yeah, I can this see is the that. kind of band that, like, John Dwyer is like, yeah, too weird, guys. Can't listen to it. <laughs> so, acid jazz filtered through like a punk metal noise melange. Because mm-hmm. really, that's what it reminds me of acid jazz. Double the Dreams has a nice little video. Yes, I the, did see the video. It had this weird, like, latex bondage fairy. Mm-hmm. It, it made no sense, but I enjoyed it. The purple one, these are the ones that are different, because mostly, like, it's hard to describe beyond what I just described. Yeah, um, like, I didn't even write down song titles, because I'm like, they all kind of are, it's just too, I can't so, even explain it, yeah. So I'm going to give you a few of the, the more noteworthy ones. Of course, All is Lost is the opener. The purple one? Yes. Whoopins with, like, it has, like, this mariachi guitar. That might have been it, my favorite song, though. Then I'll say, and then it punishes you for thinking that. Because it gets, like, super, that guitar maintains through, but it's super dissonant. It's like the instruments all fell down the stairs. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but you're like, yeah, that, this is, and you're like, okay, this, this sounds cool. Then it's like, okay. No, it doesn't, like, not that it doesn't sound cool. Yeah, like, the instruments fell down the stairs. It's a very good way of saying it. And uh, Fungus 2, the title track. Yeah, I like that. I just had the words, what the fuck? That's a real it, short song, too. It's like a minute or something. Isn't it? Yeah, uh, vocals by uh, Danae uh, Seagal, uh, Ty Seagal's wife. Huh. She's in a band called the CIA, too. Interesting. CIA, parentheses, too. Ooh. Not the third one? I don't know. I, have to, <laughs> like, I have a lot of notes. Um, it ends with uh, Four Strangers Enter the Cemented Dusk. Yeah. And this is a, the seven-minute song. Opens very doomy. Yes. And then, like, towards the end, it erupts into this really frantic melange, almost like insects buzzing, like the synth going, Yeah. And just, like, this weird, again, acid jam. And finally, if you're still listening, it just goes straight to feedback. Now, I, I was listening to it while I was trying. While I was, like, half asleep. So yeah, I just kept oh. waking up to, like, different. I was like, what is going on? Did I fall asleep or did this change? Or And I was like, nah. But I re- I did really like it personally. Um, like I said, it's super weird. It's not for everyone, and it is a bit, how shall we say, challenging. Yeah, I could see that. I liked it. I don't know if I'd be – I might listen again to see if I think it did anything differently, but um, it is different. Yeah, and that would be Wasted Shirt. I have Suicide Machines, Revolution Spring off of Fat Records, came out. Uh, March 20, or uh, March, sometime in March this year. Uh, mm-hmm. And it is their first album in 15 years since uh, War Profiteering is Killing Us All was the last album they had. Yeah. And they are from Detroit, Michigan, and they are very political, hardcore punk, ska punk. Um, and they were a band from like 91 to 2006 and then broke up for a while. And then they've been kind of like getting back together for reunions, and I guess they're back together for good. And I did not know, Mark knew this though, they were originally called Jack Kevorkian and the Suicide Machines. Oh, right. And apparently this this record might have been produced by a guy named Roger Lima, who's in Less Than Jake, but I'm not totally sure with that. But I'm like, oh, it makes sense with some of the, the ska stuff, but they've always been kind of a ska band. Oh. So anyway, uh, starts off with Bullion Blue, which is uh, about pretty much living in a police state. Uh, upbeat. It's a very upbeat song about police brutality. <laughs> uh, as it should be. Awkward Always. I told you to listen to that song. Yeah, I did. 
Uh, it's pretty, pretty much like uh, from the outside looking in about being old, being an outsider, and it's uh, very like Scott Punk, but I thought it was a fun, catchy song. It, th- this is like Suicide Machines are almost a band for anybody. Like if you like that type of genre, like mm-hmm. it's not totally all ska all the time. Sometimes just straight like hardcore, sometimes straight punk, and then ska punk. That's what I always liked about Suicide Machines. And then it goes to Babylon of Our Hour, Babylon of Hours, something like um, which they have a keyboard in it. And that's very Scott, but I never really heard too many keyboard. It, almost it, like a mood, mood it opens almost like like Prague, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought Murder City doubles a little bit every time I hear a key, yeah. keyboard like that. Flint City Hostage, more or less about Flint City, Michigan, and their water. It's a very dark song, very hard song. Mm-hmm. Uh, Play Caesar is one of my favorite songs. Fun, Scott punk, very catchy. It has like a distinct bass line. It almost reminds me of Matt Freeman's like what style of, of rancid of playing the bass. Trapped in a bomb about is about losing a friend. Detroit is the new Miami. It's very aggressive. It's harder, more hardcore sound. Well, whiskey wishes is about to booze. Imagine that, and has a very catchy chorus. Oh. Black Tar Halo it reminds me of a bit of a little bit of a rancid song, and it's about some smack. Empty time. It, the song reminds me of the one band No Sleep we've talked about a few times. If No Sleep had a was ska punk, impossible possibilities. Very like keep up the PMA, good vibes, be kind, take back what's ours. Almost like if H2O wrote a song that kind of reminds me about uh, what that song reminds me of. Potter song I really like. I need to read the lyrics on it. I think it's my favorite song in the album. Yeah, it's uh, it's my my told you to listen to that one. It's one of my favorite songs in the album. It's really good. Um, I I enjoy it. As I said, I want to read the, the lyrics. Next song, simple, more or less keeping your head up looking for the good in the world anarchist wedding um kind of cracked me up i think it's funny i like how they they're talking about they're throwing bricks instead of rice (laughs) (laughs) it's just kind of cheesy and funny but i liked it um cheers to ya that has uh has horns in it and it's uh here's to regret drink to forget just who we were of who we wanted to be is the chorus and um it's it's a good song and it ends on that and it ends on a a good uh, note, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was like a solid, fun album. Um, they're very political, but it's, but they're upbeat <laughs> in their music mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Um, and for the their first album in 15 years, I don't think they missed a beat. I thought it kind of had stuff in there for everybody. Like it was, at first I thought it might have been a little too long, so like 35 minutes, but I, I ended up listening to it all in one, like I went for a walk because I do a lot of walking now. And um, I was like, wow, I really like this album. So I, you know, for as I said, a band that hasn't put anything out in 15 years, it's sure is good. They've they've been doing a bunch of side projects. I saw them live maybe like three or four years ago with Off with Their Heads. They played uh, Neshaminy Creek Brewing. I was like, wow! I never realized how really fun Suicide Machines were. So I was interested when I saw they're coming out with a new album. So the statement. Uh, I never realized how fun Suicide Machines were. <laughs> difficult taken out of context. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, I really like the album, and um, check it out. It's good stuff. I really liked it a lot. Yeah, it's just kind of fun and different, and it just, Mm -hmm. like, changes the pace. It's very good. Like, uh, Mark and I were talking about it. Mark likes Suicide Machines a lot, and um, he he liked it. He's he's like, it's really good, like, background music. They can kind of pay attention and then, like, not pay attention. But it's Mm -hmm. kind of like Triple D. (laughs) This is money. I just imagine he melts down lard and and smears it on his <laughs> mustache. I don't know. Yeah. Another thing we alluded to last time, 
Habibi has an album out. Yes. This is... Um, I heard four songs off of it. Hey, good. I play it. Yeah, that's, we're going to talk about four songs. I swear to God, I forget what the fucking name is. Anywhere else but here? Yes, yes. So this is their second album. First since, I think, 2014? Mm-hmm. Singer, Raheel Jamalafard mm-hmm. is uh, first-generation Iranian-American, and that inspires a lot of what this band is about and her lyrics. Um, yeah. Habibi, which means my love in Arabic. Yes. Even though Iranians are not Arabic and do not speak Arabic. They speak, yeah, what do they speak, Farsi or something? Uh, Persian, or I guess that's why I thought Farsi. Well, yeah, they're not Arabs, though, which I kind of knew. But she grew up in, um, I guess, Lansing, Michigan, which had a lot of refugees during the revolution. Yeah. And I kind of went down this really, like, Raheel pole uh, earlier today. <laughs> that sounds kind of gross. Well, you know, <laughs> I went down this. I, I went down, like, because she's – it doesn't matter. By her own admission, um, Habibi's sound is inspired largely by 60s and 70s mm-hmm. Iranian – Pop music and psych pop. Hmm. Very girl group with some garagey aspects, a little surf here and there, a yeah, little psychedelica. So, uh, that's what I was gonna say. It's very like girl group surf rock to me, and I I think it's I it works. It's really good. It has that, and it has that Brooklyn sound that those all those bands do. That yeah, like, it definitely does. Um, it like the band that at least to me invites the biggest comparison is La Luz. Yes, which is a, of course a West Coast band and more inspired by. Latin, Latina culture yeah. a little bit. Where's the Lolo's? Is California or Seattle? They might be in Seattle now. They were originally in California. Uh-huh. Although uh, Shauna Cleveland is from Detroit originally. Oh. Mind blown. Sufficiently. Um, anyway. Actually, that's wrong. Never mind. I'll say the original drummer of La Luz plays in Habibi, but she doesn't. She plays in Boy Toy. Yeah. First album since, I believe, 2014. Although they've had some EPs come out. They play... Especially after Wasted Shirt. If you actually listen to it back-to-back, this sounds almost bland by comparison. But it's not. It's a very different song. It's a lot more mellow, which is good. It's mellow, but it's like upbeat to a point. It's hard to explain, yeah. but I, I really enjoyed it. So, excuse me, I got the hiccups. Don't throw up. Um, I won't see you throw up. But. Uh, I could. I'm going to hit this <laughs> camera real quick. <laughs> into my little Santa Claus Christmas cup here. That's why I drink water out of a Christmas cup. We're going to talk about four songs specifically. It opens up with Angel Eyes, mm-hmm. which is, you know, kind of mellow and has a little touch of surf guitar. Yeah. And it's sort of about falling in love with someone. Makes it, to be honest. I oh, definitely. Yeah. It's very, leads very heavily into the whole like 60s, like girl group uh, aesthetic. And then when the guitar fill hit kicks in, it's a lot more indie rock. And it's a really that really does tie the song together. Yeah. M- moving on to Mountain Song. Okay. This really caught me. I couldn't I, I it took me a long time to figure out why. Mm-hmm. Um I really like the song. And it's it's a little different. Like the lyrics are very folk noir, for lack of a better word. It's a much more yeah. folky song. There's a flute in there. Yeah. And it's Going back to the influence of Iranian culture on this uh, album, Raheel was talking about, like, when she wrote this song, she was deliberately trying to sort of evoke um, poetry, like things from Iranian poetry. Ah, cool. Uh, Specifically, like, I guess there's this poet, Haviz, 
mm-hmm. who I think died in the 11th century. And like, you know, I say like, I don't know who he is, but people go from all over to have pilgrimages. So he's probably someone important. <laughs> I had to look it up after. Not to be, yeah. But it does have like, if you like a lot of the fragments of lyrics are very like poetic shorthand being together after you die and being left and it, it, it does evoke this image of this very idyllic community and being without the one you love. Hate Everyone But You is the funnest song in the album. Yeah, I like that song. Um, it's very poppy, surfy guitar, somewhat apropos Yeah. in the age of social distancing, even though that's not really what it's about. And then it, like, the guitar bursts into almost this, like, proto-Slater-Kinney surf fill. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not quite out of place, but it's different. But yeah, that is, like, it's a very fun song. It is very lighthearted. It's enjoyable. And... The final song in the album, and there are more songs, but they, were, they um, did that thing where they only posted two songs. Yeah. And then I sent Jamie an additional two so we could talk about those. Yeah. Um, Come My Habibi. I like that. It's different, It's but it's fun. That's the first song I listened to. That's the first song she ever wrote with Leah, Leah who was, who's the guitarist. She So she's white. But she was really into 60s and 70s Iranian psych pop. And that's how they met and bonded. Oh, that's um, cool. As an aside, they, um, as I often do with these things, I watched a, a What's in My Bag for Habibi. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Leia starts talking about how she loves the David Lynch movie Dune. Huh. And, and Raheel is like just appalled. She's like, oh my God, it's the worst fucking movie ever. <laughs> I can't. She's no, it's really good. It's really good. So yeah, Come Up, My Habibi is our fun song. It's really good. And then, like, it breaks out into this super psychedelic instrumental yeah. section. And I guess, like, part of that would be the fact that probably a lot of American psych yeah, was inspired by one Middle Eastern motifs and probably, like, what was happening over there anyway. But yeah, it's a really good album. I feel like the, the first album, which is just called Habibi. Mm-hmm. Might have be like more energetic overall, but this is a really good album. Um, I believe it's off Burger Records. Is it Mud Guts or Murder? Mud Guts. It might be uh, Mud Guts. Yeah. Which is what um, I had after drinking that coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I know um, for that Brooklyn sound, there's like another band that just came out. It was like Girl Come Eat or something like that. Mark yeah. just pre-ordered it. And I, I haven't listened to it yet, but it's like all those from all those bands that are like incestuous kind of they all have like the same members or different members of different yeah. bands but i i heard like one song off of like i think he played me one and i was like oh this is interesting but i think you it's like check it girl out. come eight or something someone weird but yeah but i i don't know if anyone from habibi's in that but i would almost think so but who the hell knows but yeah anyways yeah. my next one is mutually assured destruction a fever dream it's actually a 10-inch, and it's uh, a band out of Richmond, Virginia, off of Edgewood Records. And how I knew about this band is Ace Stalling from uh, Breakaway. He's the vocalist, and Breakaway broke up, and so this is like his new band. They're kind of metal. They're kind of like hardcore meets progressive metal. Yes. They're kind of gothy. They're kind of Sam Black Church. They're kind of like corrosion of conformity. Um, and they're just different. Um, I really like them. There's only six songs on this. Master of Misery is the first song. Very rock and roll, heavy feel. And then it goes kind of into hardcore. And it sometimes it has like a motorhead type feel to it. Oh, yeah, definitely. 
And I really like Ace's, like, just different styles of vocals that he goes, like, in between. Like, it'll be, just be singing, then it'll be kind of growling, like, lyrics or barking lyrics. But Rose Climber kind of has, like, a, a weird, like, red, like, red fang came into mind, just, like, musically. Mm-hmm. Like, to start with, and then it got into, like, groove metal. Mm-hmm. Perhaps is another, like, groove metal song. Um, his vocals are, like, yeah, like, very from very melodic to hardcore. And then it'll be, like, a chugga chugga guitar going through it. Kind of, uh, it's a good song. Uh, Exhale's probably my favorite song on it. I think that's my favorite song, too. Yeah, it's like an aggressive groove metal song. Um, it's heavy, it's got some really cool, some really cool riffs. And the last two songs really remind me of, like, Danzig. So, Dichotomy has, like, a little doom rock feel in the beginning, and then it kind of reminds me a little of Danzig from, like, uh, Her Black Point. For some reason, that was popping in my head. Well, um, you know, huh. Yeah, go back yeah, and listen okay. to it. The more I listen to it, the more I'm, like, picking up stuff, and I really, really enjoy it. Red Sunrise, Metal, and that almost has, like, She Rides, a Danzig musical riff, like, a little bit to me. really, really like it. Yeah, it really has a Sam Black Church vibe going through it, which I never really listened to. Mark was playing for it. At, at times, it even, I know you know you don't listen to Madball, but some of the groove metal stuff reminds me a little bit of Madball. But I really liked it. It's different. It's, like, interesting to see... Um, the lead singer Ace go from breakaway to like this style of music, and uh, yeah, it's it's different. I dig it. Yeah, I, I do it. too. Um, it, again, it reminds me. We talk about like, you know, how a scene and everyone will have sort of similar sounds. Yeah. So there is like that Virginia that metal scene that like you know like a wind hand and them are part of. Yeah, yeah. There are elements of that in here. Matter of fact, I was thinking I was telling someone and by someone, the cat. <laughs> um, I was like, this is the band I would play before introducing someone to Windhand, Kitty. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I really like it. This is like, um, I think it's their second release. They might have had a, I think they had a single out before, but I, I think it's really good and it's fun and it's just uh, different. And like, you don't hear anything like it that much. So. And this came out February 14th, the same day that Habibi came out. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I right literally that. have it on my computer right now. I'm looking at it. Um, here's my sort of funny story. Involving this album, and I really did like it. So, so I was waiting for things to kind of, you know, waiting for seven o'clock to come around so we could record. Yeah. So I, I, I played this album again, and I was playing a game called Animal Crossing. Ooh. A little game called Animal Crossing, which you've been playing for twenty years. Oh, this is a new version, but yeah, it's basically <laughs> the same game. There's a really fun th- fan theory on Animal Crossing. The theory is you've been abducted into a cult. Mm-hmm. They're trying to indoctrinate you. So if you play Animal Crossing thinking that, it comes. I mean, like legitimately, I went into this game, which is just came out like last week. It comes across as very creepy. It really does. Because <laughs> like you're the best. You're the best at everything. And like, there's a scene where you're like you're on an island. And you can go to other islands. It's just fucked up. So I was listening to Fever Dream, and I was playing like Animal Crossing, and I was like running as Exhale was playing. And I had my axe out, and it was just really fucking disturbing. <laughs> but I was running with this axe, and you have, like, crazy methed-out eyes. Ugh. The fun we have with brains, folks. Yes. So the last thing I was going to talk about, I was going to talk about a book. So Lou got me for Christmas the Debbie Harry autobiography called Face It. And uh, I finished it uh, about a week ago. It took me about, like, a week. I, I, it's a very quick read. But Debbie Harry's a... A, a strange bird. She's just like an old punk hippie lady. 
It's hard to explain. I'll have to let you borrow it and read it because, as I said, yeah, I definitely want to read it. She's very like, yo, I'm punk. I, I, you know, I've been punk forever, and punk isn't just like what you wear, blah blah blah. But like mm. this, like she, she's just a weird, weird person. As I said, I, I texted Lou. There's a story she's that she's saying how she one of the her favorite tour she ever did was with uh, David Bowie and Iggy, mm. and she opened for them. So she said she was not into the cocaine, which she had a lot of. She said that she just wasn't her thing, but someone gave it to her. So she gave it to Iggy and, and David, and they were like, grabbed it and just yeah. snorted it right up as quick as possible. And she's like, well, and then I guess David does this a lot, or I was told David does it a lot. He just pull, to, took out <laughs> his penis and <laughs> just stood there like I was like the, you know, the like judging it or something. And I was mm-hmm. supposed to give it like a one to ten. And I thought it was so sweet. Aww. <laughs> that's like, that's, that's a fucked up shit. That's not sweet. Today, that would be like <laughs> all over, like fucking asshole David Bowie. <laughs> but like, she wasn't, a, she didn't care. I guess that was just like something David did. But she said David was like the coolest dude. So, like, like she didn't have anything bad to say. The only thing like she has bad to say was um, what's her, the, the book you just read with uh, Patty Smith. Yeah, she was. I think she was talking. She said she really liked Patty Smith, but Patty Smith showed up to like a Blondie audition for a drummer, and she just talked shit on the like all the people that auditioned, and then just left. And she's like, it made no sense. There's a lot of things that you're like, what is going on? Well, so, we we saw Blondie uh, ramble. Yeah, that that like pretty much that is what you get from the book. Um, like she explains a lot, like. She, She's. I. She could tell she's just disturbed that she was given up for adoption. Apparently, she um was given up for adoption after three months because mm-hmm. like her birth mother's mom got sick, so she was like her birth mom was a single mom, like I guess was a homewrecker or something. Yeah. And her mom got sick, and she had to like give up the baby so that she can help take care of her mom or whatever. So and uh-huh. anyway, like you could just tell like Debbie Harry's truly bothered by it all the time, mm-hmm. as much as she says she isn't. You know how most you read a lot of these autobiographies and there's a lot of drugs. She yeah. very much glances over a lot of things. She's just like, but that's what a junkie does. Mm. And you're yeah. like, okay. And then she was talking about how like Chris Stein was really sick and she was taking care of him and how she would sneak in heroin. Oh. <laughs> and then she's oh. like, yeah, but that made him feel better. Like she never really talked. She like mentions that she's a junkie, but never talks about it. Mm. And it's just odd. <laughs> but it's a really good book, but it ends the strangest way so the lat like you know you're, you're thinking like you're gonna like you're gonna reminisce on your life what you could have done different or what you're looking forward to she also said she took up smoking when she was 60 and she just like smokes two cigarettes a day oh right <laughs> and really enjoys it which you're like okay mm. but anyway she just her last chapter is all about thumbs thumbs about- like the things at the end of your hands. Yes, that and like Tom Thumb and Thumbelina, and it's like literally a chapter about thumbs. Oh. And then mm. the last page, like, somewhat tries to like tie thumbs into her life. It's just really weird. Yeah, it, it's it's good. I I really like Debbie. She kind of just like doesn't give a shit about anybody, and she seems pretty awesome. And like, she, her whole thing was like, oh, um, I she was pretending to be like Marilyn Monroe's daughter kind of thing going on. And just kind of not being the standard, like, you know, girl group Mm -hmm. front woman. Like, she wanted to be, like, Shirley Manson, more or less. She mentioned Shirley Manson, like, once. But she really cried because she wasn't Manson. Because uh, I guess Shirley Manson and 
inducted her into the Hall of Fame or something? Yeah. Yeah, but she just says that's, that's the only time she mentions Shirley Manson. Mm. Well, like, it, it probably deliberately to make her cry. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was something weird there where... Well, two of the bandmates were suing because they weren't. Yeah. Yeah, like, she had a lot of financial trouble. Well, probably because mm-hmm. of heroin, but they just had really bad management. And, like, they made, she made, like, no money off of Blondie. She also talked about her acting. She really loved acting. And, like, it was interesting her talking about, like, different acting roles and stuff. But uh, she also loves Andy Warhol. She, like, went off about, like, uh, how much she loved Andy Warhol. Ooh, actually, I have something else to add then, too. But um, I was going to say, I watch, I remember that Hall of Fame induction. The two members who were suing, they weren't allowed to play, and there was, like, almost a confrontation. Yeah, that she mentions it in the book, and she's like, yeah, never ends, kind of type of thing. But, um, yeah, I watched, um, it was a documentary on Studio 54. Mm-hmm. And, you know, nothing really, like, shocking. You could imagine, you know, they do a lot yeah. of drugs and, like, this and that. And they were, like, the, the, the most interesting thing was that, like, they were skimming. 80% of the take every night. Jeez. So, like, up to 80%, yeah. So, they show, like, like a lot of pictures, and it must have been, um, they had, had, like, one photographer, I imagine, who just took a lot, because it's all pictures of Andy Warhol, Truman Capote, <laughs> and uh, Debbie Harry. Yeah, she, I know she was there a lot. But it was weird, like, out of everybody, like, those are, like, a million pictures of them, and I can't imagine Andy Warhol was, like, tearing up. Yeah. Studio four every night, but oh, what do you another gonna... thing in that book? She mentions she's like, oh, that's because I'm psychic, and then like, like you didn't see oh. that your management was stealing from you and how evil the record company was, um, well, you know. And she, she like a lot of places. She like her, she had at least like three apartments burned down on her. Like there's oh, this wow. weird stuff in the book. Yeah, you'll definitely have to read it. Uh, you're, like, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Yeah, it's like if you, like an old hippie, uh, like, aunt wrote a book. It kind of reminds you of it. Oh, Blondie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it I, would good. Pay, I enjoyed it. I like Patti Smith, but I can't imagine, like, what it would be like. To, it must be the most excruciating thing to know we're in real life. I mean. Yeah, that's what almost kind of a vibe I got off Debbie Harry, but I don't know. Yeah, the only other thing I would add is I did listen to one other song. Mm-hmm. Oh, really quick, I did listen. I'll talk about it next time because I feel like we'll do at least one one more of these Skype things before it's over. Yeah. But I did listen to the, the Nine Inch Nails free albums that dropped. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Ghosts 108. Um, ghosts 5 and Ghosts 6. I have and not I mean, I'll get into it next time, but they're like, it's. I feel like if you aren't, if you're expecting, if you haven't listened to Ghosts 1 through 4, and you have an expectation, you're going to be mm-hmm. disappointed because they're like Ghost One through Four were all instrumentals. Yeah, and Five and Six are instrumentals too. Now they're a little. There's more there than just that. I do want to listen to it more, so I'm actually going to do it next time. So last time when I was editing the podcast, I was looking for something to to put under the bed when we were talking about Horse Girl. Oh, okay. So, of course, I'm looking up horses, songs about horses, and then I, I find a song just, it, like, Google just turned a song, Crazy Horses. Oh, yes, yes. Uh-huh. So, I didn't, I, I just clicked on the link, it took me to YouTube, and it's this really weird, like, 70s, psychedelic, almost, like, 
OCs sound and like they're like it opens with like this wham yeah wah, and it's just all and, like they're talking about like thinking about like drug references and all this shit. The band I didn't think up I'm sorry, hold up one second. So I look up the band, I'm like, oh crazy, maybe I'll, I'll I'll buy this and I'll put it on, whatever. So it's the Osmonds. <laughs> so I'm like, was there another band called the Osmonds? <laughs> nope. And there was not. So yeah, it's this really weird different song that they did. It was a single, I think like it's it might have been Joe Osmond. Mm-hmm. It's like the only song he's ever sung lead on. Oh, that makes sense because he was just like dancing really weird from that video. Yeah, and it's super coked out for lack yeah. of a better word. It's a really cool video. I like it for seventies or sixties, whenever it was. Nineteen seventy-two, and it's the title track off the album of the same name. This song is the only hit record from the Osmonds to feature Jay Osmond as lead vocalist, and apparently it was like a very conceited effort to. Um, Try to move out of their image, I guess. I'm reading the Wikipedia on my phone. Now. Yeah. Well, you can totally tell that. What a show they go smoke it up in the sky, as you mentioned before. Yeah. Yeah, and there's like drug references and shit, or maybe, I don't know. It's very bizarro. Because I was listening to him, Mark's like, what are you listening to? I'm like, oh, Lou sent me with the Osmonds. I'm like, I didn't I didn't know the Osmonds were going, went in this direction at one point in time. They were, and I guess, oh, I saw, I just saw uh, Sensational Alex Harvey band cover them. Yeah, a lot of people cover this song. I'm going to have to check it out. It'd be a retrospective, maybe. Yes. A podcast just on Crazy Horses. Woken um, up the sky. Yeah. Well, anyway, folks. Yeah, I I'm surprised my it. phone didn't die, to be honest. I thought I was going to just drop out. If I drop out, it's just my, my battery went. All right. But, but I, All right. nothing's coming up yet. So. All right, so let's just wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. We'll we'll get with you soon. Trash South Street, all that shit. All that jazz. Check us out on Facebook. If you're bored, send us stuff to listen to. We're always up for that. Or maybe we'll have a topic next time. Yeah, uh, I think maybe I have a couple ideas, but we'll yeah, talk about yeah. them. That's what we got for you. And uh, everyone take care and enjoy your special Skype. Yes. <laughs> bye, everybody. Awesome. Bye, bye. <laughs> Tiger penis really must be an aphrodisiac because everyone's fucking everybody. And like Joe is Joe exotic has two husbands. Yeah. Like a fucking like you should have none husbands. (laughs) And then the other guy seems to have his harem of women. And like, like when the one guy is like. Yeah, you know, I want to know. I don't care about cats. How I got them women all trained? <laughs> I was like, oh.